This week's episode is brought to you in part by FNX Fit, a fitness supplements brand that can get you hooked up with all of your pre, post, during workout needs as well as other nutritional supplements. Use checkout code CARLPOOLING at fnxfit.com to get 15% off your order. Let me start off with a complaint, and I know the Carl Pulling audience isn't going to be ready for that from me, because it's something that I never do. <gasps> Shocks and gasp. Before we get into where we've been, a little celebration, etc. ad nauseum, I just want to say that I woke up this morning to the news that my Facebook account had been suspended, <gasps> and... The, whatever whatever was posted to it, so I, I think I think some scammers got into my account in the night. It was it was banned at like four in the morning, which is it was like thirty minutes after I'd gone to sleep. Whatever got posted to it must have been really something special because they they suspended it immediately. I of course never saw it, but it, it what you know you think about all the things that are allowed on Facebook now, like videos showing other little girls. How to hide their abortion from their parents, and mm-hmm. how you know what what the most comfortable breast binder is, and and places <laughs> where you can get you know testosterone pills and yeah, what's crazy stuff, or like little seven year old boys with other older gay drag show men who are wearing you know nothing and have have a pair of of silicon breasts on or something like that. Mm. That's all allowed on Facebook. So what I I don't know what it possibly could have been that was posted <laughs> to my Facebook I, page, but it must have been a real doozy. I <laughs> because, actually saw it. Oh yeah? Yeah. It was one of those Che Guevara shots, but it was Trump. It was Trump doing doing the, the Che Guevara. Exactly. And so Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well that I mean, is heinous. That is absolutely heinous. So That's especially heinous. <laughs> Well, that, did he have something to say about about killing gay people like Che did, or was it a different type of? It was just January six was not a lie or something like that. I can't was, remember what it was. It was, it was, it was the, the biggest, big truth. It was the, the big biggest truth. truth. <laughs> okay, well, so so somebody posted that to my account or the equivalent, that or equivalent. Yeah, and yeah. they instantly banned it. So I go, I, they, they send me an email, they're like, to get back into your account, you got to recover it, you know, and and ve- we got to verify your identity. I was like, that's fine. You already have all my information. What's more information going to hurt? So I click on the link. They're like, okay, thanks for trying to recover your account. First things first, put in your phone number so that we can send you a uh, code. Then you can enter in that code and that will verify that you've got the right phone number. So I typed in my phone number and... They're like, oh, crap, something went wrong on our end. That ver- SMS verification didn't through, go through. And I was like, oh, that's fine. I'll just try again. But then my phone dings. Sure enough, it's Facebook. And they <laughs> sent me a verification code. And it actually went through and it worked. I was like, what are you talking about? So I was like, well, no problem. I've got the code. So I go back to the Facebook screen on the computer. There's nowhere to enter in the code. 
So their flow nice. actually worked, but because they're too dumb to know that their flow works, <laughs> I can't enter in the code that they gave me to get it to my account. So I, it's like, if it's just a one-off error, I'll try it again. I click it again. I get another text message. They still have the error on the screen. I cannot get to the little box where I paste in the security code that they gave me to save my danged life. And so... Then I try it for a third time and I get a new error message. I'm like, finally, some progress. The new error message is this. You've requested too many SMS text codes. So now <laughs> you're timed out for 24 hours from even requesting SMS text codes. So I have, I, I've had a heck of a day dealing with my Facebook account. And Hunter, I would just give up on it. There's nothing there that I need too bad. There's some photos sure. that, you know. But. but Probably like ex-girlfriends, you know. It's actually probably a blessing in disguise. <laughs> so they'll stop following me. But exactly. There's one problem. After I had made my peace with it, I get a message. <laughs> I get another email from Facebook. Okay. Are they offering you another SMS text code? Meta for business. Hi, Christopher. Your ad was approved. <laughs> Hold on one minute, Facebook. How could my ad be approved if I can't access my account? <laughs> and you look, you read it, and it's just fill. It's just tag along. It's just Filipino nothing characters. I even picked it up and tried to drop it in Google Translate, and mm. Google Translate was like, uh, "Screw it, if I know, dude, <laughs> you're, you're you're on your own here." It's that. It's it's. Whatever, whatever you know, undiscovered tongue that these subhuman hackers are using. Uh, that's that's what it's it's Esperanto. In. It's it's es- It actually is Esperanto. <laughs> now that you say it, it's instantly become clear to me. It's actually a hybrid of Tagalog, Esperanto, and one of the the Southeast Asian dialects. Nice. Uh, like when they call you on the phone and tell you that your car's extended warranty is owes money to the the social security administration or whatever it is i don't ever listen to him anymore but dude i got one the other day where this guy is like hey um my name's steve and i want to ask you about a property that i think you own and i was like what is steve have some confidence come out of the gate swinging if you want me to bite you know but all this namby pamby i'm not here for it so he demurred that much yeah 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 he was (laughs) He's I'm going to a- actually show you an SMS on my phone right now, and then I'm going to read it to you. Okay, I see this it, SMS. It says, hi, David. I'm not David. <laughs> I've been searching for a house nearby. Is addressed to a house I don't own up for sale? Let me know, Greg. <laughs> this, is my, <laughs> this is my verbatim reply. Hi, Greg. Fall in a ditch. <laughs> I get them all the time. I assume I eventually just pissed one of them off that had enough time on their hands. Yeah. Here's another one. Hi, Carl. This is John. I was just reaching out to you about your home at address name and address withheld. Are you open to a deal for the home at a competitive price? I'm open to you falling into a very deep well. <laughs> he replies. Thank okay. you for letting me know. <laughs> If you happen to know someone who might be interested in selling their property, let me know. I offer generous incentives if we close a deal that came through your referral. We can offer between three hundred to eight hundred dollars. Just let, just keep my number. Let me know if Wait. something pops up. Thanks. This is what I replied. 
I know plenty of other people who would be open to you falling down subsequent wells. <laughs> Just, they're so annoying. This so Joker, I know I poked the wrong bear, and he was like, fine, I'll get your Facebook account. This Joker wants to offer you $300 to send a referral to him when he's going to walk with 5% on a house that costs, I don't know, like it's 1,200 square feet and it costs $800,000 because this is 2022 and that's what property values are. This is ridiculous. That's I would pay $1,000 at this point to quit getting these text messages. 100%. That's, that's what it's worth to me right now. Yeah. Yeah. They realized we weren't answering the phone anymore and now they've gone to text. Yeah, um, exactly. So Mark Zuckerberg hates you. He's pulling ads out and not giving you the ability to knock it down, which sucks. Yeah. Which is also just terrible software design too, isn't it? Like we lock it's, people. Go ahead. It's a terrible design. I understand it if you're offering a free service that you're like, hey, guess what? You yeah. don't get customer service. That's right. just how that works. But right. I paid for ads and now they're uh, ostensibly charging me to run this this hieroglyphic you know, fairy speak language ad that I can't, there's a big blue button hunter that says view ad. And guess what happens when you click on it? Takes you enter your phone number. <laughs> like, these people suck so much. Yeah. And the idea that you can take people's money without having customer service, that is crazy. Tray goofy. Tray yeah. goofy. Yeah. Jokes on me. I got hard sucked. As far as I know, it's Facebook itself running the ads. Yeah. Because I mean, I'm the I'm the captive audience now. Right, right. You're did judge, you, jury, and executioner. Did you uh, maybe see if that was binary? That's in the ad. Perhaps it's Mark Zuckerberg's native tongue. Do you think he's actually opening up an ad on my account to try and communicate with the mothership? Yeah. That I is, like. That's hey, mother, compelling. Hey, mothership. <laughs> I like grilling meats. I like. That's a code. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Sweet baby rays, I put it on all my meats. It's oh, like, no. dude, you've never been outside in your entire life. Yes. <laughs> I guarantee you, you don't grill meat, okay? It's rough. Uh, God, I... Yeah, no wonder he was bullied. Yeah. Would you actually want to live in a world where someone could grow up and be like Mark Zuckerberg and not get bullied? <laughs> <laughs> like, look, it's going to be fine for him. He's going to make millions of billions of dollars. He's going to have a nice yeah. looking wife. Let him get bullied. What could Let go him wrong? Get bullied. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, he's got to pay the piper sometime. He's a weird, oh. uh, syphilitic amoeba <laughs> flesh bag that has never had a, a, a. He must get all of his vitamin D intravenously. Yes. Ever since they they discontinued Sunny D and Le Leash the Power of the Sun, which is where he was getting it beforehand, mm, mm. the the drink for kids who like to get beat up. Uh, I'm, Tank original still. Sometimes I dream about it. Anyway, <laughs> the point is is that then he made a lot of money. But can you imagine how much more insufferable he would have been if he was cool? Yes, exactly. Like if everybody yeah. liked him and yeah, he like, like dated all the girls. If if. Chris Pratt <laughs> had been the one to invent Facebook, we would all hate him. We would. We would all yeah, hate him. Because he would be so full of himself, it'd be impossible. The yes. only thing that keeps Chris Pratt likable is he knows that he's an idiot actor. Yes, exactly. Yeah, he knows right. he's a moron. Exactly. Okay. Anyway, enough about the old Zuck. Yeah. Zuck with two C's. Yeah. 
grilling meats, sweet baby rays. <laughs> so the roadkill, right? Yeah, how about that? Yeah. Oh, let's just say real quick, too. Yep. Sorry we've been gone. I know a lot of, quote, important, just kidding, it was very important, stuff happened while we were away. Hunter and I were trying our best to uh, have a 100th episode blowout Bonanza Fest. Mm-hmm. Have some old faces, have some have some fun fun announcements, these types of things. We just it's just has been hard to get all the moving pieces settled down. So this is the one hundredth episode of Carl Pooling. And we promise that there will be a party that comes in the future that will not be tied directly to episode one hundred, but will be resultant of the fact that there is an episode one hundred. So let that let that sustain you. Let that thought entertain you and and we'll talk about that a little bit more later just as as we close but anyhow uh i just wanted to to mention that is why we are away and why we weren't covering uh some some really important stuff that's been happening and today we're going to uh we're going to reach back to the deep past of three weeks ago and rectify some of that but yeah. before such a time as that hunter please the carl pulling if you would the carl pulling uh, by that i mean the roadkill Right, right, this right. This whole th- bit, I, look, I want you to do both because this whole thing is the Carl pooling, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. I want you to do the specific part of it, though. Uh, but I'm not wrong to ask for the Carl pooling. I also want you to do that. I you understand? Honey, no. Most importantly, I'm not wrong. Most no. importantly. I understand that you're not wrong, even though in order to believe that, I have to break my brain. Um, this is the roadkill for today. Uh, have you heard of this guy called Joseph Biden? Well, he's a gaff man. And it was recently that Biden just casually said that he has cancer. And the White House had to issue a correction. No way. What? How yeah, did I miss this? What? This, is, this one is this is a spicy meatball, my friend. He's on the... He's on the trail and he says this. What? You had to put on your windshield wipers to get literally the oil slick off the window. That's why I and so damn many other people I grew up with have cancer. I quoted mom, okay? It's it's the president <laughs> of the United States, okay? Wait, what? Wait, you have to for one I would I would pay <laughs> I would offer $50,000 to watch Joe Biden change a pair of windshield wipers. Oh yeah. That's just that that's would just, be great. That's number 1. <laughs> 2. To get the oil slick off the windshield? Yeah. What in the blue? What are you talking about? <laughs> what does that mean? Did the White House issue any direction on that? No. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'll scroll down and see if I can't find what the. What, what White do House you said. mean the oil slick? <laughs> yeah. It's, off the windshield. How did you get an oil slick on your windshield? President Biden said Wednesday that he has cancer, forcing the White House press office to quickly clarify that he was referring to skin cancer treatment that he had before taking office last year, which isn't necessarily making anything better. The remark initially appeared to be a stunningly casual health announcement during a speech about global warming in which he described emissions from oil refineries near his childhood home in Claymont, Delaware. So no. Okay. Oh, so he's saying, okay, no, this makes perfect sense. You have to put the windshield wiper on because you usually don't have it on. But because you're living near the oil plant, you have to put it on, okay, to get the oil slick off. That which that gives you cancer. It's that simple, Hunter. It's so simple, Hunter. 
This is this is the leader of the free world. This is him. I, I, shockingly casual is the nicest way you can report that. How about just out and out not tr- false? Yeah. Yeah. It also definitely sounds like know? he had sun cancer. Like, I'm lost, but I haven't No, Hunter, he got skin cancer from putting a windshield wiper on. It's that simple, Hunter. He had to do it. To get the oil slick off the windshield. Who paid him $50,000 to put that windshield wiper on and gave the president sun cancer? That's it. That's it. I'm actually just taking a hit out on it. I was like, here's $50,000. You thought it was because I thought it would be funny. Yeah, it's me, John Wilkes Booth. So... I I could do this for you. The next presidential assassin just walking around with a a little two stroke oil bottle and some windshield wipers, just like we all. I think we all know what happens next. Is anyone surprised what happened in Afghanistan? Like, is anyone shocked about what's going on in Ukraine with this man driving the ship? I mean, listen, man, you got a Boeing. 37 okay come on you gotta put you got a windshield you gotta wipe its windshield okay it's gonna fly to to del monte elaware okay man come on shit from the shoulder come on you're gonna get cancers get real i'm being serious i'm not choking (laughs) i'm not jeez i'm dying i am dying dude this is this you is... and so many people that <laughs> Biden knows from his childhood. How much money do you think Biden has to pay his mechanic to put the windshield wipers on his car, knowing that he's going to get sun cancer? He goes, are you trying to say skin cancer and you keep saying sun cancer? Oh, man. Are you Biden now? Now I'm the Biden. Uh, yeah. I guess I was just thinking, somewhere I read it was melanoma, which I just well, call that's... sun cancer. But I mean, that's it not... is kind of it is cancer. Well, this is complicated. It's cancer yeah. from the sun. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sunspot, technically sun cancer. But I don't call it. I broke my bat when somebody <laughs> hit me in the knee, and you know what I'm saying? Like I, I, don't I know. do a little I, bit. I think you probably have to call it skin cancer. I think regardless, you have to call it skin cancer. <laughs> regardless, if he is, if he goes to the oh. Honda dealership and he's like, I'm so sorry, man. Chat, you, you had to replace the windshield on the. There's an oil slick out there, but I'm gonna. I'm telling you, we can cure cancer in your lifetime. I'm not joking. That's all serious. Oh man, does he oh, think man. he's killing people every time he goes to the dealership? That's what I need to know. That's what we need to know. That's what America deserves to know. Does Hunter, the pre- that, hit me with that quote one more time? Just <laughs> one more time before we move on. From this. You had to put on your windshield wipers to get literally the oil slick off the window. That's why I and That's so important. damn That's important. Literally the oil slick. There's some people out there that are metaphorically that getting are it figured off. <laughs> <laughs> removing oil slicks from the idea of their windshield. <laughs> okay, sorry. Go ahead. That's why I and so damn many other people I... Oh wow! That's why I and so damn many other people I grew up with have cancer. So, okay, yeah. You know uh. what? <laughs> having cancer and having had tr- uh, some preventative treatment—not uh. the same thing, homie. Yeah. Good lord. 
Well, this just puts the whole Facebook thing into perspective. <laughs> uh, look what you're missing not being on Facebook. You could be learning about the president's son cancer, and I said it wrong on purpose that time. <laughs> you're going to give Jamie a heart attack over here. That's my job. That's my one job. All right, let's get down to bit. I can't. I literally can't believe that. I, I metaphorically. I want to get the oil slick of that statement off the windshield of my brain. But I know yeah. that I'm going to get thought cancer. <laughs> okay. From the moon, Hunter. That wizard came from the moon. Yeah. Long overdue. Yeah. Is for us to discuss a little piece of legislation, a little one that was was initially brought to us by the Supreme Court. And I'm like, you're like, Chris, doesn't the Supreme Court bring case interpretations, not legislation? To which I would reply, yeah, usually, typically that's their function. Except for in the case of certain doctrines that hold up certain case law, as they would call it, uh, they just completely legislate from the bench and cram down their point of view on 100% of the American um, American people based on, hmm, you might think I was being obnoxious to say emanations of penumbras, but I'm actually just quoting Supreme Court precedent. Mm. So I'm talking about the law of the land, which was Roe v. Wade, which was struck down by a majority of the Supreme Court in the past few weeks and then unrequitedly unremorsefully dismembered by the OG Clarence the Canon Thomas in the most brilliant expose. It might be the best work of nonfiction ever. His his teardown of this bill. But yeah, we're yeah. gonna talk about we're gonna talk about Roe vs. Wade being overturned today. And we're also going to focus in on Clarence. Clarence mm-hmm. Thomas is a really interesting figure. He's got a story that is important to to tell. And when you analyze the different decisions in this case, it's really wonderful to understand understand where he's coming from because there was a majority that overturned the decision. There was a minority that that defended Roe versus Wade for practically no no legal reason they had no doctrine to rest on and then there was clarence thomas standing alone doing what i think is the actual job of a supreme court justice and that's adjudicating and interpreting the law as written so we're going to get into all of that today but to start with i'll just say this is this is law that uh, i i never thought i would see overturned roe versus wade seemed like such a foredrawn conclusion and also we've been living in this in this system where we continuously march to the left and very rarely or never do things move back to the way that they used to be back towards the center and so i i was frankly shocked that this decision was reached even after reading the draft opinion i don't know hunter what are your thoughts on that yeah, about the same. You know, I you grow up and this is the norm. This is what everybody does. And Europe is way more liberal on us in, in every way. And we should be more like them. And, you know, I, I saw in my lifetime, you know, heart, heartbeat bills getting struck down because of Roe v. Wade in states. And I saw laws in New York uh, legalizing it to the point of birth getting passed and upheld. 
Um, and so I just figured that was, and typically, you know, you, I, I don't know how many people are familiar with this, but you know, typically when you see nations begin, they have on like the, the sandals that they, that they do the work in, you know, like the working shoes and the boots. And that kind of climbs up to a point in their history when they achieve greatness and they, they become a great nation state. And then they put on what are typically referred to like the slippers of decadence, right? And they start to fall. And so it looked like, you know, we had kind of built this great, excellent nation and now we were becoming decadent. We are saying we no longer had a responsibility to our children. We no longer had that that necessary we see it in a bunch of different lights uh a bunch of different points in our lives and we are going to continue to become more and more decadent more and more leisure more and more enjoyment of our life instead of earning something with our lives instead of making something with our lives and so i just assumed that that would continue while i was alive and now it seems like we've firmly taken a step back up the hill and that's mm -hmm. surprising is just the simplest way to put it yeah, it is surprising, and and abortion is one of these issues that has turned out to be a real a real bellwether in a lot of mm -hmm. in a lot of instances. You know, child sacrifice is nothing new. Mm -hmm. It's actually very very old, and it's it's an earmark of a decadent civilization as well. Mm -hmm. um, there's also you know the one really interesting thing about reading the Abrahamic text, the Bible, let's say is there's all these cultures around that are sacrificing children, notably to the god Moloch, but not exclusively, right? Mm -hmm. And there's this really interesting passage in the Bible where God's like, hey, you should go sacrifice your son too because I'm a god like those other gods, and that's what God's like. So if, you, if you're not doing anything on Wednesday, how about killing how about your son Isaac? And mm -hmm. Abraham gets all the way up the hill, and God says, no, I'm not like other gods. I'm not mm. like those other gods. <laughs> I'm quirky. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's interesting. That's too. how he said it too. I'm the, I wasn't yeah. there, and I don't. But I don't think I'm editorializing when I say he said it like, exactly like that. No, that's no, actually Moses, how God sounds. Moses actually wrote it in that font, so you know that's how he said it. Yeah. Um, so that's it's nice. Wingdings and Comic Sans at the same time. Right. So one of the things that's interesting about that too is and we're getting a little off topic here, but it is interesting is, you know, like people put their babies at the bottom of fence posts and foundations and things like that because they believed it would bring about economic prosperity. Like it would cause the building to stand, which side note, babies are not good foundations for buildings. That's no. a, that's a good thing to remember. Anything that is biodegradable, not good at the bottom of your building. Just Of course, if you were going to put something biodegradable at the foundation of your building, you would want it to be small. That's true, but so also So of you the don't bad things I thought or I think I think to give the devil his due, of the bad things, they are the best. <laughs> small rodents, but good try. Okay, um, close. It's close, but so you get what I'm saying is, and that was all done for economic prosperity. And it seems like we've had a similar relationship with our uh, children as it goes in abortion today. Yeah, and it's absolutely. weird to see that pagan, um, it's not the same ritual, so to speak, but it's for the same reasons. And that's really interesting. You know, yeah, is I that, mean, you're sacrificing at the bottom of your career. You're yes, sacrificing exactly. at the bottom of, of your partnership. Yeah. A yes. lot of those same things. And I, and I say it's a bellwether. Uh, by that I mean that when when you as a society are are taking advantage of things that do not yet have 
a ability to exert retaliation on you, mm-hmm. nor have they had the chance to make connections with things that could exert retaliation on you in mm-hmm. a meaningful way. You are you're abandoning you're effectively living out a societal version of morality where as long as it doesn't harm society or allow society to do harm to me mm. then I should be laissez-faire. It's one of the it, it, it's it is a uh, indicator that you've moved away from a divine sense of morality into Mm. more of a social evolution sense of morality because in that sense it really is hard to say that killing a baby is wrong i mean you might even be doing it a favor or in another manner of thinking you might be doing everyone a favor because who knows how many things how many lives the earth can sustain etc ad nauseum so it's a it's a perverse way to look at the world but it is a way to look at the world and so that that is why to me, the issue of abortion specifically is this this central one that gives you an insight into the direction the culture is heading in general, like you were saying, headed towards something ascendant or decaying. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I agree, and I think um, I think it's really, really fantastic news that uh, we've decided to give more people a voice on how our states can have. A response to this issue um you know you can have the choice to live in a geographic boundary that respects the life of the unborn or you can choose not to and i think that's that's good because it is essentially saying that you know uh you have more control over that you can have a place that chooses to participate in this um sacrifice and i mean sacrifice literally to your career not a let not a ritualist religious sacrifice um you know, I, I think the line there might be hard to delineate, but all the same. And I, I think that's really, really good that you now have that choice as an American citizen. I think it's wonderful. In fact, I think it's great. So. Yeah, well, and it's great on multiple levels of analysis, not mm-hmm. the least of which is that this is how our system was designed to work. And yes. so when you're talking about Supreme Court justices in general, that's really the realm that you have to lean in and focus in on because their job is not to to do things as they feel that they ought to be done. They are supposed to do things that are consistent with the letter of the law. And mm-hmm. so the the functional piece, I guess, for our discussion today is about federalism. It's about the the places in our society that are democratically controlled and the places that are controlled via republic representation and so Mm. i think we can talk a little bit about that and then jump into the three primary decisions that were drafted as a result of this case you know a lot of times at a maximum and by maximum i really should say minimum (laughs) <laughs> the the minimum number of decisions you get on a case is two practically. Uh, the to- the yeah. absolute minimum could be one if everybody's in the majority decision. Typically, there's at least one dissenting opinion, and then there's what what you call concurring opinions. So there can be concurring majority opinions or concurring dissenting opinions, and that's where another justice decides that. It, it's in their interest or the best interest of the American people or the court for them to write a second opinion on either camp, depending on how they're feeling that day. So there, there's three very important decisions in this case, and they are written by Alito, Justice Sam Alito, who wrote the majority decision. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I cannot remember which justice actually wrote the dissenting opinion, Hunter. I don't it, either. It was Sotomayor, Kagan, and uh, Kentaji Brown-Jackson. No, she wasn't there at that time. She, yeah, she wasn't not, on the court for that case. Yeah, not not her. Who who did she replace though? I was it not Kagan. Was oh. it Kennedy? Maybe I don't know. I really don't know. Well, now I am totally confused. It was the other bad one. Suffice to say, Kavanaugh, Coney Barrett. Gorsuch, Alito, and Roberts were all a part of the majority opinion, and so mm-hmm. was so was Clarence Thomas. Whose seat did she take? Oh, Breyer. Justice Breyer. Man, how quickly we forget. Yeah. Okay, he's already, yeah, Stephen he's already gone. Yeah, Stephen Yeah, because he stepped yep. down right after this. Okay, so yep. oh man, my brain my brain hardly works anymore. Yeah, <laughs> just Justice Breyer who Kentaji Brown Jackson replaced. So mm-hmm. so they were on the the uh dissent. dissenting. I yep. can't remember which one of them actually penned it. So it's not that important either way. The dissenting opinion was irrelevant almost if you read it. It was effectively calling back to these arguments that are more accurately portrayed and defeated in the majority opinion effectively the argument of the dissent was that these this issue has become a standard in american life people had made decisions economic personal mm-hmm. religious decisions based around the law in roe versus wade right. and therefore it was it was important to maintain that law so that the, there could be a level of fairness with the american people now this is this is incorrect by and large with contraception as easy to obtain as it is there is maybe a there is there's a 9 month history to people that actually might be affected by this law you understand what i'm saying mm-hmm. like if you currently do not have a baby in your in your womb then this this change in the interpretation of the law applies to you not, as far as I'm concerned. But what I think we should l- take a look at is some of the rulings and the, the majority decision and why they reached the conclusion that they did because I think it is very revelatory about the way that the Supreme Court has been acting and, and the way that it's acting now and then, of course we should we should spend some time dedicated to Clarence Thomas and and his decision and and what led him to make it. So, let's talk about the majority decision and let's let's actually go into the case law that led up to the majority decision. And to do that, we have to go way back to 1857 actually to talk about Dred Scott. Now, Great Scott. No. Not oh. so great, Scott. Wow. <laughs> Dred Scott is widely held as the worst Supreme Court decision in American history. Hmm. Effectively, the justices in the case ruled in a way that was completely additive to the U.S. Constitution. There was hmm. It was a 7-2 decision, and in it, they effectively argued that a slave 
could not could not stop being a slave even okay. if it was the law of the land that they should be free because e- there was a due process of law but there wasn't a substantive due process of law, of law to remove property from the slave's owner oof oof is right it is a it, it is a very very complex thought pretzel you have to put yourself in to be yeah. like yeah, yeah no the law says you free but that doesn't mean we can take people's property yeah. <laughs> like, yeah yeah it's crazy and they they invented this term out of whole cause substantive due process and what it means is that sure i can be racist still i can still <laughs> own black people is what it meant <laughs> uh, and, uh, and you joke but it's like effectively yeah. what it said yeah 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 they read in substantive due process and, and basically it meant that there has to be a a process of law that not only changes legal status for things, mm-hmm. but also provides some substantive relief to the injured by the changing of a law yeah. for it to be considered legal. Okay. It, it is an absolute mess. Mm. And... Then, you know, in the 13th and 14th Amendments uh, effectively overturned this decision themselves. Good. But still, this is where substantive due process comes from. The reason that's relevant is because even though substantive due process was was fruit of the poison tree, let's say, it hasn't stopped people from using it for just about everything as as time goes on so huh. when you when you look at cases like obergefell which mm-hmm. is the gay marriage case mm-hmm. substantive due process is the legal doctrine that is used to to maintain that litigation interesting rovers wade notably also used substantive due process hmm. uh planned parenthood vs versus casey used substantive due process and of course this is where the the emanations and penumbras of the 14th amendment talk comes out that's mm-hmm. that's effectively mm-hmm. saying there is there is this idea of privacy somehow buried in the 14th amendment all even though it's it's just the equal protections clause and the due process clause that there is some m- mysterious ethereal right to privacy that is delivered from that and so we can't deprive people of that privacy without substantive mm-hmm. due process that is how mm. bad that that is the the temerity with which the the decision in roe versus wade attacks the constitution there is right. it, it's not only is it unprecedented do they actually use the word emanation and penumbra to describe legal theory, they then have to allude to a doctrine of law that was made famous by people that were looking for any excuse to read racism into a document where it doesn't exist so that they can maintain their belief about, about abortion. It's just good. As, as a contractor, I always build my buildings to the emanations and penumbras that the engineers set forth. Yes. And the blueprints. Yeah. It's like, hey, that's a line, but is it? But is it? <laughs> it says feet. Hey, buddy, we're supposed to have a wall here. 
Yeah, not the way I interpreted it. Yeah. We're on the 38th floor. Yeah. <laughs> we are. <laughs> if that's how you interpret it. Yeah. Uh, so, suffice to say, the history of Roe vs. Wade is abysmal. Yeah. And it's strange to me too. It, it's like the interstate commerce clause. It's mm. this. It's this hocus pocus, right? Element that has potentially a legitimate purview, but it's just being used to ram through every single stupid thing. Because they're like, "Oh, do you sell pencil erasers? Yes. Do you ever sell them in a different state? Yes. Great." Now, the federal government gets to come in and tell you how you can make pencil erasers. You know what I'm saying? They use it for everything to justify their purview in everything. Mm. It's how this how this case law is being used as well. Anything that is is not d- explicitly stated in the Constitution, they seize control over it by making making overtures to either the right to privacy which doesn't exist they right. they fabricate out of whole cloth or substantive due process from a legal perspective that's how these things are upheld mm. so i say all that to say that is the angle that sam alito took when he was writing his concurring opinion in this in this case hunter did you did you have a chance to read any of the concurrences i heard a lot of it read um yeah. essentially the gist of it to me is what you're saying is you know this is kind of nonsense and it's based on nonsense. And the other thing I think that um, just justice Alito did really well in his concurrence is to say something to the effect of never has this ever been a common law practice in America. Right. Even at the time that Roe versus Wade was passed, many States did uh, banned abortion or uh, had restrictions on it or something at that point. Um, And, and so it was just always like, it made a very, very good job to lay out the history of what was common practice in America. Mm-hmm. And then really, in a lot of ways, it, he was basically saying what Roe versus Wade did, the decision there, rewrote what was standard in the country. And you obviously can have your opinion on if that's a good or a bad thing. One of them just makes you a Satanist. Um, that's not <laughs> my fault. So <laughs> That's exactly right. And that that this is effectively where he's in he's in direct conflict with Dred Scott, the Dred Scott decision, because he's saying, because part of the Dred Scott decision was we can't remove an element of American life when it has a, a storied and relevant uh, history in our culture, which slavery did. It was a, it was a facet of American life. And, and so he's saying that even if you did try and use substantive due process to rule this and didn't take objection with substantive, substantive due process itself, this isn't part of American culture. It's never been part of our practice. It's never been common. And so that was a really good point he made as well. I like the other angle that he took. I thought, I just thought was really smart where he, he told the truth because a lot of people don't understand that Roe vs. Wade isn't actually an abortion law it's a state's rights law it's a state's rights interpretation so he did a really good job of reminding people that overturning roe versus wade isn't actually banning abortions it is allowing it's allowing states to make their own decisions 
yep. on how they would handle abortion, just like they did previously. It's a it's an eminently good decision from a constitutional standpoint. It is exactly mm. the federal system that that we were supposed to have. If you don't like it, self-select, move, or right. quit whining. But you have options, right? And that's how a majority of things should be handled in our country. That's how a majority of things were designed to be handled in our country. That Correct. States states had the because because the best politics are local politics. You actually can affect local change. It's almost a, impossible to affect change in Washington, and that's why the federal government was supposed to be only overseeing powers that they were specifically delegated in the Constitution or by amendment. And now, of course, they run everything about your entire life. Yeah. So uh, it was it was a good decision because of the way it attacked the law. It was a good decision based on based on the reason to return power to the states to make things more democratic. Here, there's one issue where it suffered because it critiqued substantive due process, but I don't think it went far enough. In fact, I know it didn't go far enough. Uh, the reason they didn't go far enough is because there's a lot of cases that were decided on substantive due process that they like. And you've probably heard in recent weeks uh, your crazed, ranting, lunatic neighbors shouting at the moon. But when they weren't doing that, you might have heard them talking about how now they're, the court is going to come for your contraceptives, your court Mm -hmm. is going to come for gay marriage. The court is going to come for uh, this, this or that Uh, sodomy laws are going to be reinstated. I've heard all kinds of bizarre nonsense. Well, the reason is because a bunch of things that they like were rammed through the court as a substantive due process issue. I, uh, we should start playing a new game. Every time you hear substantive due process, start hearing legislating from the bench because that's yeah. exactly what these people are doing. That uh, enter enter Clarence Thomas. You and that's that's the thing. Amy Coney Barrett, Brett Kavanaugh. They they might not like substantive due process as a legal theory, but they are not about to go overturn Obergefell. Mm-hmm. They're they're not interested in it. Mm. And and in a lot of ways, maybe they're right. I I don't know that I think that that gay marriage ought to be illegal in the United States. In fact, my own prescription would be to get all government out of marriage almost entirely and give tax credits for what they actually want to give tax credits for, things that benefit the state, like, for instance, child rearing and cohabitation and those kind of things. If they'd like to yep. do that, they don't have to. Yeah, uh, that would be that would be my take. Okay, but moving on from that, Clarence Thomas is the only ideologically consistent member of the court because they don't have an appetite to to set the law straight, regardless of of what happens to things like Obergefell, things like contraceptive cases right clarence thomas says in no uncertain terms it might be time to revisit every single decision that was made with substantive due process as a basis 
and and why does he do that? It's not necessarily that he disagrees with those decisions. It's not necessarily that he wants women to not have access to contraceptives and not have the ability to get an abortion, so they're forced to have more pregnancies. It's it's because those decisions essentially allowed the judicial system to make their own legislation, right? And that shouldn't be allowed. It shouldn't be allowed to just pull things whole cloth out of the Constitution and say, this has always been there. And why I I think that there may be a... This is the hard part because it's logically inconsistent. While it may be... Um, right to leave a lot of those decisions lie just because it's convenient right uh he doesn't he doesn't allow that he wants to make sure that these are all set correctly and so it's like you said christopher it's logically consistent despite the upheaval it may create if uh laws are not put on the books um i i like you kind of have the same opinion on gay marriage i i really think that um I think that there's a benefit to society for people to say like, you know what? No, I'm going to be with, I'm going to bind my assets with this other human being. And I think the state could go, guess what? That's cool because you'll probably just chill out and not be such a pain. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I think there's, I think there's a benefit to society for that. I'm for Um, back taxes for divorce. Just sure. I mean, I'm not kidding. I am, but regardless, but I'm not, but you know, uh, you know, men and women provide different things to their children. So, like, I think society should uh, su- support those institutions more than they uh, should support uh, same-sex uh, institutions that are that are uh, that have children. I'm not trying to be inflammatory with that. I just think that there's. I think that's where the benefit is, and that's where if you wanted to assign a tax break, that's where it should go. Beyond that, I don't really think um, the state saying who can get married says anything as to if it's right or wrong you know it has nothing to do with the morality of the decision or anything like that um so so i think that i understand where he's coming from and i think it is the most logically consistent point i think you're going to have to either you might want to get creative on how you handle all the legislation around that uh pretty darn quick because if that gets done and people and married people can't get easily contraception that that doesn't seem right to me either like yeah. that seems wrong well, and, but. and these are these are cases too you have to remember that they're they are states rights issues so even though overturning griswold would be like you mean i can't buy condoms um, right no i can't think of a single state in the union that wouldn't let you buy condoms no one's that catholic right <laughs> it's like everybody in Maine just like yeah. wait a minute You're finally like, is Ireland a state no well a then state? I'm not really concerned to yeah. be honest so so you do have to remember that that at the federal level these are these are issues of not is contraception legal or illegal it's that does the Supreme Court have the power to cram down its agenda on every single person in the United States, or should that power be delegated more locally, closer to you? This is important to remember too. Um, I I also realize, and now I can't even say, I can't. I guess I can't say it. But one of the other cases uh, contains a relevant piece of specific personal data of mine. So now I can't. I can't even repeat oh, wow. that. Wild. It's, it's hilarious. So I can't even I, I can't even tell you the joke. There's a hilarious joke. I'll just tell you afterward, Hunter, and you'll laugh at it. <laughs> and then maybe we can start the next podcast off with you laughing at it, so people know 
that it was funny. That was funny, but I can't do it without doxing myself. So anyway, this is just like it's one of That's those so days. That's so annoying. And now I'm actually afraid of doxing myself because I'm afraid Zuckerberg. Anyhow, not important. Let's talk about Clarence Thomas because one of the reasons that he wrote the opinion that he did is because he's far more concerned with principles than he is with with the status Agendas. quo. Yeah, with his even his agenda. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's interested in in banning contraception, but he's right. very dedicated to the principles. And I think it would be a great time to discuss a little bit about who he is. A lot of people know his name, but not a lot of people know his story. And let's just say Clarence Thomas is a monster. He became a monster at a very specific time and place. And that was when he was being subjected to what appeared to be false accusations during his confirmation hearing. Clarence Thomas is the original Brett Kavanaugh, only he's cooler and he has better glasses. <laughs> Going does, way back. Does Brett Kavanaugh have glasses? See, that's one of the things that makes him better. Is that, they, <laughs> that they exist. All oh, the, okay. Brett Kavanaugh just has a cool robe and beer. Yeah. And you know what? Sometimes that's enough. That is sometimes, sometimes enough. Sometimes that's enough. Yeah. Uh, it's, Wouldn't it have been better? great if if Kavanaugh got like onto the Supreme Court and showed up like every day drunk? <laughs> like it's like, oh no, we made a huge mistake. I I really wanted him. Now I'm not going to remember. Is it Randy Macho Man Randy Savage? Okay. Or who's the one that every time they get out of the ring, somebody throws them a cold beer at oh, like Mach Seven, and he catches it every time without looking. Holy cow! Is that is that Macho Man? Jamie? I honestly have no idea. Is it Macho Man that catches the beer? Or is it a different one? Oh, no. It's Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> That's right. Stone Cold. Yeah, I wanted him to be like that every time. Like, every time he gets... He, like, he turns in the row majority decision. He walks down from the bench and he, like, no look, catches a natty light. <laughs> like, Stone Cold. That would be cool. It, you know, so, with all the times he said he liked beer. Yeah, exactly. Oh, like he he does a, he does a ruling real quick, and then someone just one of his aides just hums him a natty light as as hard as they possibly can. I love that. Yeah. Also, can you imagine if we did the Supreme Court like WWE? Dude, dude, yeah, yeah. Come on, uh, RGB. Like it's a yeah, it's a ladder match, and they wheel in her coffin. Yes. That would be sick, dude. The Why Undertaker. Anyway, <laughs> it's not great. It's not great what I said. It's not good. Anyway. Oh, man. It's too bad that yeah. that's not how we do it. Okay, so so let's talk about Clarence Thomas. He grew up, actually, in a really cool part of the world, in my opinion. He, he grew up in Pinpoint, Georgia, or he was born in Pinpoint, Georgia. Mm. And he talks about how he was a kid... He lived in a shack, and his his mother, single mother, he was he was just a just a toddler, effectively, living mm. with with family friends. It appears in the shack. His mother was a single mother. Had him before she turned twenty. The father dipped out. He doesn't he doesn't even really remember his father based on his own recollection. He says, uh, and 
when he was six, he he said he was out playing one day and he came home and his shack had burnt down to the ground. So he goes and moves in with his mother who lives in Savannah, Georgia, which is, is nearby. And he describes as being the most disgusting place he'd ever lived. His mom was living in this little one bedroom hall and yeah. he he describes it was it was gross and she was working as a maid and she couldn't really provide for him so one day his mom comes to him and says go put all your things in a paper a paper bag he goes okay and he he loads up all the stuff he he says in his memoir it wasn't even a full paper bag yeah, yeah and, everything you own in less than a full paper bag, yeah. Yeah, uh, and he and his brother Myers are walked across the town to his grandfather's house. And he said that the very first day he showed up, his, his it's, it's really cool, you should, you should go watch the Daily Wire documentary about him. It's called Created Equal, awesome documentary. Mm-hmm. He says that, it was the longest walk of his life because his, during it, his entire life changed. And he's six years old. It's just, you know, wild. He says that his grandfather sat him down and said that vacation was over and now they were going to have to work real hard. It's yeah. like, dude, <laughs> this little kid yeah. has never has li- lived in abject poverty his entire life. And you come to your grandparents' house, and the, he talks about being amazed that they had a toilet that he could flush. <laughs> his brother yeah. would just walk by and flush the toilet, you know. And for the first thing to be like, okay, I now I know you think life's bad. It's about to get way worse. <laughs> like, that's just <laughs> so funny to me. And there's uh, probably not at all at the same level, but there's a part of it that I connect with from from yeah. my childhood. Just you know, you know, all the other kids are allowed to just you know like sleep. <laughs> anyway it was pretty it's pretty funny and Mm -hmm. long story short his his grandfather instilled in him hard work and his grandmother what she was she was a mother to him you know raised them and eventually clarence went to to seminary things didn't work out uh basically because martin luther king jr got shot and yeah. he heard one of his fellow seminarians say, uh, quote, good, I hope that son of a bitch dies, mm-hmm. end quote. And he decided he was done, that if the Catholic Church wasn't going to stand up for black people, why did right. he want to have anything to do with the Catholic Church? And so right. he goes on this escapade. He He goes back home after quitting seminary, and Kennedy dies. And he said he just became so angry, and his his grandfather ends up kicking him out of the house. So he goes up to Holy Cross Holy Cross uh college in Boston. Yep. Which is not a seminary, despite <laughs> yeah. the name. I know. It sounds yeah. so much like one. And yeah. there all heck broke loose. Um he basically just becomes a Marxist. Mm-hmm. I mean it's it's wild to think about this guy's story. And and that's why we're sharing parts of it with you here, because he was he was marching with the most radicalized racial groups on the planet. He was mm. he was typing up letters for the Black Student Union. He just said he was so angry that mm. he was that he was um 
furious. And so one night he's going out on one of these marches and he said that they basically just rioted. They, they basically shook down a liquor store on their way in, uh, scared the guy so bad that he just gave him the booze. They got drunk and went and rioted. And he said he got back to campus around four in the morning and he was sick to his stomach, just horrified yeah. about what he'd done. And it's really cool the way he describes it. He says he stopped by the church chapel and he said he, he said it was the first time he'd prayed in several years. And he said, God, if you if you take the anger out of my heart, I'll never hate again, which is like a dumb thing to pray. Honestly, yep. it's like not very smart. But if you just come from a Black Panther riot and you're like half drunk, like I kind of get it. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Um, but he, but but then he he was just he was just furious. He ended up uh, getting into Yale, graduating Yale. There was a, there was some controversy about his grandfather not showing up to Yale. His grandfather dies, um, and he just he he's continuously on this journey to become. Uh, a man that's not angry and that's kind of when everything changed for him uh he tells this awesome story about oh what's the what was the senator that hired him he wasn't a senator at the time oh Uh, yeah you know who i'm talking about i do but i can't remember the name yeah um we'll get jamie on that mike Um, huckabee uh that for sure wasn't it (laughs) fair enough um and even though, even though you know he's kind of he kind of renounced the, the um, anger and and the the milieu. Oh, John Danforth, thanks, Jamie. Uh, even though he had renounced the anger, he was still very very liberal. And so he yeah. goes, he, he he goes, and he's got his degree from Yale, and he goes to try it and get a job, and he ends up working for John Danforth, and he says that the most horrible thing was the idea of working for a Republican, which like yes. it's hilarious that that's Clarence Thomas, you know what yes. I'm saying? Everything we know about him, everything since I've been alive has been so radically different than that. But like I said, mm. there's this very specific time when this man became a monster, and he he goes to work for John Danforth, and he's he's clerking these cases for him this is before he was a senator and he was he was saying like i don't know what i'm gonna do when i get a case with black defendants like i don't know how i'm going to be judicial and he he tells this story that the first case he got with black defendants this black dude committed grand theft auto threatened to kill this lady's son that was sitting in her car he carjacked her took her around town raping and sodomizing her at multiple locations and then murdered her and he was like and the the lady was black the kid was black and the perpetrator was black and he's like oh that's how <laughs> and so yeah. so what he f- found out which is uh, one of the unfortunate realities is that the people that were hurting black people were other black people by and large mm. 80 to 90% mm-hmm of the violent crimes against black people. And it's like, it's like Clarence That's Thomas. That's true for every race. Yeah, it's, it's, it's true for every race. And of course, but he had been fed this diet of lies from, from Holy Cross and from Yale that there, there was, and, and from all the radicals that he was listening to and, and from 
you know, the impression that a couple of boys at seminary school gave him that Mm. there was this great, this great race fight, this great, this great helter skelter between Mm. blacks and whites. And he said, working these cases, he, he saw that it just wasn't accurate. Mm. And he, he ends up going to work for John Danforth at, uh, at, um, in Washington when he becomes a, yeah. sen- a senator. And then came the time uh, when George H.W. Bush nominated him to a Supreme Court seat. And a lo- you, maybe you've heard of this story, maybe you haven't, but there's massive controversy. When, when, when did this happen with Anita Hill? When, what was the actual year? That all oh, this I don't is going know. Down. Uh, Senator Joseph Biden, though, was there as a young whippersnapper questioning Clarence and saying, I know that you and I both know that we're talking about the same thing, but everyone here in the room doesn't know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, there's a, actually, that's a hilarious clip. If you haven't it's heard, great. if you haven't it's watched great. the Clarence Thomas confirmation hearings, just go to yourself for yourself and listen to them. And, and uh it was in 1991 in october so like almost in in my lifetime almost in your yeah. lifetime but not quite 1990 um, yeah no no it would have been before i was born yeah by a month or two yeah so um, so it's it's amazing to watch for one joseph biden <laughs> can actually speak english which is is excellent form for him. And it still doesn't yeah. make sense. It doesn't make sense. I don't want to give that. Yeah, I, let's not give that impression. But it's like, he he never says anything like Trivet National Prejner. You know what I'm saying? It's like <laughs> that. And Corn Pop never makes an appearance. And so a lot of good things going for him there. Um, yeah. But the Gotta main, feel good for the guy. The main part of this, this fiasco is the Anita Hill controversy. Mm-hmm. So Anita Hill basically accuses him I just rewatched part of this today, <laughs> and truly, I guess 1991 was just a different time. Yeah. If you brought up these allegations today, no one would take you seriously. The uh, the allegations, the sexual allegations that were made against Clarence Thomas were effectively this. Anita Hill, who used to work for him, and by the way, continued to pursue a relationship with him after these events supposedly happened. Yep. Claimed that he made some inappropriate comments. One of them was he claimed that there was pubic hair on his Coke can. <laughs> so the story goes, Clarence Thomas goes back into his office. He's like, hey, who put pubes on my Coke can? Which is, I don't know, moderately funny. <laughs> yeah. Like, hard to see how that's sexual harassment anyway. And then the other one is apparently Clarence Thomas mentioned a character in a porno in some pornographic material and joe biden <laughs> makes anita hill say the name she said he brought the name of the character and he's like no he's like for the record he's very somber very solemn he's like for the like record can you say it and anita hill goes it was long dong silvers <laughs> it's literally dude it's it's the greatest television I, I can't even. In the 90s. I can't even begin to understand that. Like, and maybe I mean, it was thirty years ago, <laughs> so maybe I I lack the proper cultural awareness to understand it. But 
if that's what we are getting uptight about, well, then I think we're <laughs> doing just fine, everybody. Long dong, man, I, I pine for a society where long yeah. dong silvers was like... Makes the ladies swoon and faint. Sc- scandalous. Oh, the Vespas! You know? Yeah. Anyway. Oh, good point. Jamie, just like, combine... Com- Compare that to WAP, which today, yeah. I mean, what was that congresswoman yeah. in in New York that just was twerking on her twerking upside down on her Instagram for votes? Yeah, yeah it's yeah. like, well, that's a far cry from Long Dong Silvers. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Tierra Mac. Anyway, it's just it's just crazy. So anyway, there's an amazing part of the speech though, and this is the part I'm talking about, where. They come back in for the third the third day of testimony. I believe it's the third day. And Biden, who's overseeing the hearings, goes, well, is there anything you'd like to say? And Justice Thomas cuts him off and said, there's a lot I'd like to say. Yes, I have something to say. And he goes and makes a speech. And the, the key part it's of it, he really, goes, yeah. I, I would rather die then withdraw from this process, the process to get confirmed to the Supreme Court. And he he says that I have been injured, not by the Ku Klux Klan, not by these other racist groups, not from the racist police force, but by this process. And what happens over the course of these days, living through these false allegations, kind of unlike what happened to Brett Kavanaugh, unfortunately, is Mm. Clarence Thomas... You know, the first, it's interesting. The very first time that he was, he became kind of a public figure is when he was written up in this journal about how he was a black conservative against welfare because his sister would be like yelling at the mailman when she was late with the welfare check. And he thought that was a bad thing. He didn't know he was talking to a journalist. All of a sudden he sees a, a paper about himself. What's funny about oh, that yeah, is he that, was yeah. attending a conference that was being put on by Thomas Sowell. It's like it's like Thomas Sowell just needed to talk to Clarence Thomas one time and be like, hey, you know you're wrong about everything you believe. And when that happened, it's like all of these lessons of, about hard work and, and being a self-starter. He tells this awesome story about seminary where he's like, I got a 98 on a test. And I, I was like, man, a 98, I bombed it. And people are like, what do you mean you bombed it? You got a 98. He was like, I'm going to force people to have to discriminate against my race because I'm not going to open the door to discrimination by being lazy. I'm not going to open the door by not being right. perfect. I'm going to be perfect so that there's nothing left but race. He had all these values instilled by him, by his grandfather. And then he went off to college and he he threw him away from marxism and it was just it was Mm. just so sad but as soon as when that switch flipped back on it's like they were reinvigorated and he he was re-empowered by these values that he had been taught both by the church and by hard work and by his grandfather he says that Mm. that his grandfather's farm and his oil truck were the greatest the most important classrooms of his entire life i mean some really fundamentally uh old-fashioned hard work and, and Christian values. He talks about mm. how the philosophy that his grandfather got that he passed on to him, uh, his grandfather got from the Bible, the parts that he knew because he was functionally illiterate. But it's just a really, really incredible story. And then he realizes in in across these couple of days, you know, he's working with Danforth. He's like, oh, well, the white people aren't killing black people. Black people are killing black people. And he gets involved with Thomas Sowell and miraculously at the same time, the media takes advantage of him and the color of his skin. And then the court takes advantage of him. 
and uses the color of his skin against him and it's it's like he was reawakened as the the person that he was raised to be and the person that he was created to be and mm. in in a certain way his story is quintessentially american i mean he he came from nothing and achieved everything and that that is america's story itself and the story that america wants to make for its citizens i mean it's the meta narrative of america is that it doesn't matter where you start it matters what you do and it matters what principles you have at least it used to be and it's it's he he became a monster he became Mm. cold and, and and deadly and precise in that moment and you know you were telling me tell me that story that you you saw where he was messing with the TMZ journalist or some some idiot gotcha journalist as he was getting yeah. into his car yeah some gotcha journalist was just trying to get him to say some stuff and he just starts laughing and he goes like what are you doing what are, what are you here for are you are you standing out here just asking people questions trying to trying to he said to photobomb them because he's an old man and that's what he says you know and he, and he just and he's basically saying are you just out here trying to ask gotcha questions he goes no no man we just want to know what you had for lunch and Clarence just dies laughing because he knows this guy's playing him to get to get some kind of comment yeah. out of him and, and it's really a good relationship between these two because what he basically does is he asks, him, where's your sister go to school? Because for some reason that was relevant. And he says, she goes to this school. He goes, that's a great school. Really happy for you. And they just have this really good back and forth. But the entire time, the guy is trying to, he's trying to do the TMZ thing, trying to get him to say something. But Clarence cannot take it for a second just because he uh, he knows. Cl- he's so joyful like about chuckling it. Chuckling at him. He's like bent over belly laughing at this dude. Yeah. Well, it's awesome. Like, he's not telling to him to stop when the other guy isn't doing anything. He's like please stop i need to get in my car and go like it's yeah. it's crazy oh, man, but it's anyway. a great clip but yeah it's it, yeah it, it, it's a great story because you you see how he became he became someone who was i mean can you he didn't can, hate anymore he yeah he didn't hate anymore well and, and it's just amazing to think it's amazing to think what god can do and mm. um and, and all the different ways all the different chances they'll give you but it's amazing to think that that just you know uh a short lifetime ago he was out getting drunk and and burning down city blocks with Mm. with his black panther friends and turns around and makes it to the supreme court and then on top of that on top of that becomes instrumental in defeating one of the most vile pieces of legislation of uh, at least of our generation perhaps of all time but in writing his opinion and this is this is the kicker in writing the opinion he defeats the most demonstrably evil bit of legislative reasoning that has ever existed in America the mm. the element that's responsible for both dred scott and rovers wade mm. And and he says explicitly, maybe we should come for Obergefell. Maybe we should come for Lawrence. Maybe we should come for, for um, you know, the other one. Mm. The one about contraceptives. Yeah. Whatever yeah. it's called. It's crazy. And it's, you know, it's 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 good to see this happen. It's good to live in a country where people like Clarence Thomas uh, can have those stories that can change, that can grow, that can become forces for good. Um, It's really wonderful. And it's wonderful to see that we now live in a country that doesn't support the, uh, that doesn't 
allows people to have a, a larger discussion in the um, idea of can we kill the unborn or not and allows people to decide that where they live and allows people to have voices into all that. Mm-hmm. And it's it's wonderful to see things move in a more positive, more uplifting, more moral society and we're going to we're going to take this decision requires us to take more responsibility for our actions yeah and that's great that's absolutely great um it's great you know, it's great for us personally it's great yes. for us per- and, and you know for the conservatives out there this is not the finish line this is the starting sure. block i mean yeah. now there's going to be battles in every state across the nation and it is it's important that you make your voice heard it's important that that you defend those that cannot defend themselves and and it's important now more than ever to keep speaking the truth and that's that has a lot to do with with this story you know there's there's people that that told Clarence the truth like his grandfather and there's mm. people that told him lies like the kids at seminary or the right. marxist at at holy cross or even even members of our government it, during mm. his confirmation hearings and it it is it is amazing to see what the truth does in the face of lies and that that is what i think is one of the most miraculous parts of this story is that uh when when clarence thomas decided to stop running and start telling the truth um look at ha- look at what has happened as a result and there's there's nothing that he started with that you don't have. In fact, the idea that you started with less than Clarence Thomas is just at a baseline not true. I mean, poor yeah. kids today have more than he he ever had, and and it's it's truly incredible. So mm. now when we're at this nexus where this decision is re relegated to your local government, start telling the truth. Start telling the truth. Be be the kind of people that can live on a set by a set of principles and a set of values that are rooted in truth and aren't blown around by anger and aren't blown around by what what feels good emotionally or or mm. physically and, and what's what i the one thing about the story that i love is is how much respect clarence has for his grandfather and his grandfather mm. you know never saw him graduate his grandfather died before he had really achieved much but he is truly the moral genesis of Clarence's life, and uh, now you've got this—you know—the one, the one black guy on the right side of history, uh, on the Supreme Court about the culling of the unborn, and mm. he'll never know it. But his his dedication to living principled and his dedication to tell the truth had more impact than he'll ever know. Mm. And so don't just be the person that tells the truth so that you can change the things around you, but be the person that tells the truth and makes other people that tell the truth. Cause you'd have no idea what the limit to that is. I mean, do you, do you, the, you've got this guy who's a, who's a poor farmer in South Georgia who drives around a broken down gas truck delivering fuel to people do you think that it was going to be his legacy that he ended the greatest murder of the unborn in the history of the world? Hmm. It's an, it, it's unthinkable. It's unconscionable. It's yeah. But that that's why that's why you have to 
you have to live principled. It's why you, even if you don't see the fruit of it, that's why you have to tell the truth. It's an absolutely remarkable thing that that's, that that's possible. Mm, that's true. And like, like you said, Chris, it's going to take some fortitude. It's going to take some strength to get out there and live the truth, especially in your own legislation. There's a battle to be fought. And how are you going to re- be strong enough to remove yeah, the pubes from your coat how, can? How, 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 how in the world can you ever think that you can handle something like that with the weak soy boy arms you currently possess? You know, it, it's, it, it, it's so disrespectful to Clarence Thomas's grandfather. It is. To be running around with those kind of soy boy arms. And that's why we have... The Long Dong Silver Special okay. right now at carpooling.com slash FNX. Go immediately and buy yourself all manner of supplements. In fact, just go through the website and click Add to Cart on every item for as long as you can hold your breath. <laughs> and <laughs> then check out, use checkout code carpooling for 15% off. Again, that's the Long Dong Silver Special. Make sure to add that to your order notes. Uh, just yeah. so they know that that's the special you're taking part in, and uh, yeah. that'll help them with their tracking on the back end. Don't even they'll worry send about you, it. They'll send you a sticker. D- don't even worry, really. And uh, yeah, you can follow us on all of our social media, in theory. <laughs> if you <laughs> in do, theory, great, they're up. I won't know about it. Just kidding. Follow us on Twitter at Carl Pulling, or I'm at Chris X Carl. He's at Emotional Carl. Emails at carlpulling at gmail.com. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for being patient. I hope I hope our episode made up for the small pause there. And uh, again, a hundred episodes of this show with thousands of you listening—it is—it's uh, a blessing. So thank you Heck for yeah. everything that you thank do, you and we're going to celebrate really soon uh, with all with with some old friends and with some all of you, new enemies, some new enemies. Uh, yeah, rate the show. Damn it, just do it. Yeah, do it. And another thing get Oh, yeah, I forgot about that.